Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Here I am, God, with arms wide open, pouring out my life gracefully broken. I don't know if you could actually ever sing that song perfectly. Because if you don't understand that verse right there, I don't know if uh, that chorus right there, I don't think we could sing that song. Do you realize that like (laughs) God looks at us and goes, man, you just really messed that up right now. But here's the deal. Man, all I want you to do is have your arms wide open. And so as I'm standing back there and I'm sure Tim is just like, oh my goodness, I'm here to tell you that that was, I I could just cry right now because that's what worship is. Worship is coming and bringing whatever our brokenness is and going, God, would you just please make something of this? I uh, was at the conference this weekend, um, 13,000 men singing hymns played by just one pianist. Do you know how long it took me to get into worship? It took me probably two days to get into worship until God just smacked me upside the head and said, you're an idiot. I said, I said, what do you, what do you mean? And he says, do you really think that it's just about all the stuff you love? Do you really think that this life boils down to the things that you desire always? Because I've said this to people before and I'll say it to you is I love the idea, I I was smacked with the idea that what if we get into heaven and we get to ask God the question, hey God, what is your favorite worship? And God goes, oh, I'm going to answer that question for you. And we're sitting there and God goes, oh, my favorite worship. Seth, you don't understand this worship when it hits my ears is just my favorite worship. And I'd be like, hey God, what's that? And he goes, man, it's the didgeridoo. I love that. Like, and I would look at him and go, what in the heck's a didgeridoo and how do I worship to that? Right? Like, I think that at some point, this, all of this stuff right here isn't even going to come close compared to worship in heaven. And so I hope that we can wrap our minds around that it's not actually supposed to be about perfect, right? It's not supposed to be about what we love, but it is about the fact that where's our heart? Man, I hope that I get to the place every day where I'm just like, God, I want to pour out myself. Just gracefully broken, know that you give me everything. Whether it's through just a grand piano, or whether it's through a drum, or whether it's through the didgeridoo, or whether it's through just my horrible singing alone. I hope that we can come to that point and say that. And so, thank you, Tim, for messing up. I loved that. That isn't even close to where I was going today, but uh, let's, uh, let's get into uh, the scripture. If you have your Bibles, why don't you flip open to Ephesians chapter 6 with me. Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, we've been going through a sermon series together t- called Let's Be Honest. And uh, we, what kind of really sparked that sermon series is... Um, what sparked that sermon series was just looking at the world. 
what's going on, what's, what's happening, and, and really going, instead of looking at what's going on with the world, but what's really going on in our hearts. Let's be honest with one another. Let's actually be willing to sit there and go, what's going on in my heart? And so if we're going to get to the point of really knowing what's going on in our hearts, I think we have to come to the point of actually knowing the base cause of what's going on in the world and then working our way through that. And so uh, let's just read this piece of scripture together. It's in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Here it is. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore... So since this is actually really what's going on, this is the honest truth of what's going on, that there, are peop- that there are unseen forces fighting for our souls. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching the message of God uh, as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Today we get to focus on the very last part of this scripture, which is verse 18 through verse 20. And I'm going to read it again. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere and pray for me too ask god to give me the right words so that i can boldly explain god's mysterious plan that the good news is for jews and gentiles alike i am in chains now still preaching this message as god's ambassador so pray that i will keep on speaking boldly for him as i should let's pray God, as we just open up your word and as we know that it has the power to change hearts and minds and actions and motives, and God, I just ask that this word would pierce our hearts this morning. That God, as we look at prayer and we look at praying in the spirit, specifically, God, I I just pray, oh Lord, I just pray that you would fill our hearts and that we'd catch a different glimpse of you and we would realize you more. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for walking with us and guiding and directing us. And may we be led by your spirit this week. In your name we pray. Amen.
if you were able to know that God was right in front of you, right? Like let Jesus, Jesus is right in front of you and you would be able to ask him one thing, just, just one thing that you're talking with him and conversing with him and, and you could ask him one thing. I wonder what would that say about your faith? I wonder what that would say about your view of who he is and I wonder what it would say about your love for yourself and for others. If you could sit down with Jesus, what would that say about your faith? Just ask him one thing. Because I think that some of us would look at it and go, hey God, would you maybe give me a little bit more safety in my life? Maybe health. Maybe a little bit more prosperity than I am right now. Or sometimes we change that word to, I'd like a little bit more blessing. Or some of us would just say, hey, can you keep the way of my life going and just keep it that way? I'm content, I'm comfortable, I'm all right with it. Maybe we would ask him, hey God, would you bless our ventures? What do you want me to do as I'm walking around? Would you, would you maybe show me exactly what I'm supposed to be doing? And I know that's an unfair question to ask you because if we had a relation, if we were able to sit down and just talk to Jesus face to face, it wouldn't be just one question. It couldn't be just one question. And so that's a little bit unfair of a question for you. But one of the things I was thinking about as I was looking through this is out of the very end of all of these things, Okay, we've talked about putting on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and putting on the shoes of readiness for the gospel and, man, having your shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. And we've gotten through all of those things. And then at the very end of it says this, then pray in the Spirit after you've got all of these on. wonder what Paul is saying in this very moment. I wonder if he's telling us that none of these armors of God can we do exactly on our, on our own. We need to have some other foundation as we're wearing these things. And so as I look at this piece of scripture and I look at prayer and specifically it says not just prayer but prayer in the spirit, I really wonder what that looks like. Because even just that question, if we prayed and asked God one thing, what would that, look, what would that tell us about our faith, about our view of God and about our love for others? I wonder if we could take a step back and go, man, maybe we should just start with pray. Let's just look at that. Prayer is simply this. If you've never done this before or anything, prayer is simply having a conversation with God. At its very basic form, that's what it is. I'm just curious, how many of you guys woke up and had a conversation with God this morning? I, you don't need to raise your hands, that's okay. But I just wonder. I heard this pastor one time, he had this, uh, he had this cardboard, 
He, he had a little um, piece of cardboard that he'd keep at the side of his bed. And that when he woke up every single morning, this was his ritual, he'd lean over the bed and just hold it up as he's just sitting there. And on the cardboard, it said, hey God, I can't do anything without you today. Can you please help me out? And we asked him why it was a piece of cardboard. And he's like, because all I am is a beggar. It's simply going to the person who created all things and having a conversation with him. But now the question then comes, what about praying in the spirit? And this blew my mind and I was just kind of thinking about praying in the spirit because this isn't one of the, I'm not going to go Pentecostal on you or anything like that. I'm not asking you to speak in tongues and have a prayer language. That's not what I'm saying. I think that there is a, an idea of having all of these pieces of armor on and still not being able to have the power we need to fight the battle because it is the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 6, actually Romans 8, if you've got your Bibles, we'll flip over together with it. In Romans 8, 26, and we're going to get there in just a second. But if you have time, please read Romans 8 today. Please, I, I'm, I can't unpack it. I can't go into all of it today. But Romans 8 will blow your mind. And here's what it says. It says, do you not realize that the power, the spirit, the, the power of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you when you accept Jesus Christ? When you've turned and trusted, which we've talked about in the idea of putting on the breastplate of righteousness. When we've talked about putting that on and, and having his power come upon you because it's nothing you can do. Romans 8 is making an argument. Do you not understand that this is the very power that's in you? The very power that's in you. And so would you take it up? Would you walk with it? Because you've got the armor on. You understand the basic tenets of your relationship, but you really don't really have the power unless you're walking with the Holy Spirit. Unless you're allowing the Holy Spirit to tell you what's going on. And so Romans 8, 26 through 28. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groaning that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his, purposes, his purpose for them. Last week I talked about misused verses and you can incredibly misuse verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those. He doesn't say that God causes good things to always work out together. No, he just works it all out. It's, it's his. And so this is one thing that I need you to know today. That God's goodness is not derived from him answering or not answering our prayers. God's goodness is not derived from his answering or not answering our prayers. Because as we have the Holy Spirit, we're able to walk through life together. And we're able to go, no, this is, we're where God wants us to be.
So if, if we just can lay that down today, that this idea of praying in the Spirit is this, is being willing to give our lives over, to have a conversation with God and say, Holy Spirit, would you help our hearts know exactly what we're supposed to be praying for? Because here's the deal. In the beginning was the Spirit hovering over the water. Because of the Spirit, Samson had power. Because of the Spirit, Joseph could interpret dreams. Because of the Spirit, Peter was healing and James and John were healing. When we have the Spirit, we're able to understand where our strength from comes, where our strength comes from, to have courage in our faith. This is the foundation of everything moving forward in the battle. Because let's be honest, our prayers reveal what we believe about God's abilities to supply our armor. Our prayers reveal what we believe about God's ability to supply our armor. In every single situation, our prayers absolutely show us where it's all at. So when I ask you that question, if you could sit down with God, our prayers do reveal our faith. Our prayers do reveal how we view God. Our prayers do reveal what we think about others and how much we love others. But maybe that's not enough for me this morning. I want to kind of go into a little bit more of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, when he says this, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Let's talk about this. All times and every occasion. Notice he doesn't say, hey, when the conditions are right or when everything is going well or uh, when everything is going super bad, that's when you pray. No, he says this. He says, pray at all times and in every occasion. I want to give you some examples of that. Paul in his writing says, hey, through prayer and supplications, let your requests be made known to God. David in Psalms 139 says, Search my heart, O God, and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead my heart in the way everlasting. Verse 70, he asked, I'm sorry, Paul, uh, Psalm 70, he asked what, if God would come and help him. In Psalms 51, one of these major ones just after David was in Beth, with Bathsheba and he sinned with her, man, he has this amazingly honest prayer. And says, hey, don't cast your spirit away from me. Would you please come and help me? I need you. In Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I was, in the bat, I, was, I was in the shower this morning singing that song. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice, right? Like, and I was just getting louder and louder because my wife wasn't home. So, I mean, I was just going and I was like, we're going to do a round in church. But nope, because I don't want to lead that. So, but man, I love this idea that in every circumstance, in the lowest of lows to being broken and just going, my arms are wide open. Would you please, God, help me out? 
to the highest of the highs going, man, my life is amazing and it's because of God. And the moment when we simply smile, did you guys realize that you all right now are an answer to prayer? Right now, sitting in your seats. Because this morning, I prayed, God, would you bring exactly who needs to be here this morning? Did you also know that God did not answer my prayer of somebody bringing me a donut? <laughs> Didn't happen, but that's okay. I wonder at every occasion that we could pray for one another. Uh, Paul also in 1 Timothy chapter 2 leads this uh, amazing charge to Timothy and he says this. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Intercede is just a fancy word for, man, when they can't pray, pray for them. Man, when they're far away from God, pray for them. Ask for God to enter into their lives. And here's another one. And give thanks for them. I wonder if there's somebody in your life that you can't exactly give thanks for. But it's pretty mandated that you do give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that, they, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleasing to God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Which I find is really interesting that at the end it says this, pray in the Spirit so that they would understand the truth, which is the very first piece of armor to put on, which is truth. Because as we pray for people and allow the Spirit to guide us to share truth, everything else follows. People can start to respond to that truth and begin to understand their righteousness and begin to understand that they need to be ready with the gospel at any moment and that, man, they need to hold up their shield of faith and that they understand where their, where their salvation comes from in every condition of our lives, that God holds our salvation and that we can continue to go back to the word of God over and over again and understand it and pray more so that we can share with more people once again and start the whole process over again. Man, are we keeping people in our prayers in every circumstance? And then Paul, back in Ephesians, once again, goes back into it and says, pray for all the believers. So now we're, we're not only are we praying for everybody, but what about all the believers? To be honest with you, as I was looking at this, I, was, I thought it was really funny because, man, if we did pray for all the believers, it would be an all-day process, wouldn't it? You guys could probably sit here, up in here, and tell me all the things you need prayer for. And it would be an all-day process for us. But I think what's going on here is that as we know things, we can pray for them. Prayer has to be more than just at the dinner table or our bedtimes or whatever current emergency arises. No, it's right all the time, constantly with us.
When he says, pray for all believers in your prayer, keep all believers in your prayers, consistently goes back to you, are you remembering them over and over again? Jesus gives us a perfect example in the, uh, in the Gospels where he gets away often. And he goes and he's not distracted by anything. He doesn't have a cell phone that's going off. Or he doesn't have emails to answer. He doesn't have uh, other people with him running around. He just has him and God to be led by the Spirit and to know where God was leading him. And oftentimes what happens, and I, and I talked about this last week a little bit, oftentimes what happens is our prayers gets us ready for what's going on. Gets us ready for all the temptations that are going to come our way. I think one of the fears that I have is that I've turned prayer into protection. God, would you just please protect people? Hey, God, would you please do this or go do this or, or go over there? But never to the point of going, man, I, I, God, I want to fight the fight that you're asking me to fight. That God, when I'm putting on this armor, that it means that I'm doing something with it. I'm going somewhere with it. I'm actually involved in what's happening. But instead, something happens and it throws me all off. Man, I, this happened. You didn't heal here or you didn't help me with this. Or wait a second, I still have this problem that I asked you to solve. I forgot something that was really interesting, and this is where I'm at, is that God has already won the battle. He's asking us to be a part of bringing people along. At the very end of this, this is what Paul says. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. We're not, we're not praying so that we can get whatever we want in this world. We're praying for this specifically right here. That we would be people who are ambassadors for the good news. That as we're walking around and seeking to understand truth and, and know that we are not righteous at all and we're going to mess up just like we mess up in worship sometimes. Man, that we need to be ready for the gospel and that we need to have faith in the moments where we don't seem to have faith in anything and that we need God's salvation because we can't do it on our own. And that we need the word of God to seek into our hearts. We, those are the things we should be praying for. Because that is the mystery of the gospel. What would our prayers look like if we prayed with the armor in mind? Our, I think that this is what would happen. Our hearts and mind would desire the truth of God. That we would desire God's righteousness and we would understand that we have been redeemed. That our faith would be anchored 
in Christ. That we'd be ready to go wherever God asks us in that moment, even if it means moving somewhere completely different. If I had the word of God on my mind as I was praying, my need would be to have that dwell in my heart always. And so, of course, Paul ends it with this. And I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. And I started thinking about this idea of Paul in chains. And of course, uh, I have to kind of bring a little bit of my life into this because as I was researching that, I'm just like, well, God, I'm not in chains. And God said, really, you think that? And uh, I was like, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not physically bound up and in chains. One of the things that, have been, that has been coming over and over in, in my life is this, is that uh, January uh, 1st of 2018, uh, I decided that we as a church would take on a new mission, that we would live the gospel that we would be people who are equipped to live the gospel. And there's a word I put on the end of it. And that word is joyously. The word is joyously. And I can, al I can almost tell you that since January 1st, I have had not even an ounce of joy. Because I'm so worried about what I have to do or what has to be accomplished or all the things that we're not doing or all the things that, man, I, that, is, that still has to be done. I've looked at things in my office and I walk into my office on some Monday mornings and I look at it and I go, this place is such a mess, how am I doing anything right? And then I just go off on a tangent in there or I say something wrong or I know that a, I missed just this little thing in a sermon and I go, man, it just throws the whole sermon off. I have missed praying with God regularly. I pray God in really quick flare prayers because I think that's okay because at least I'm doing the work of God, right? Hey God, just help out with this. And so I asked that question to myself even of, God, if I could ask you one thing, what would it be? And I searched it, and I, and I don't know if I came to an answer, but if I could ask God for one thing from him, it would be that he would restore the joy of my salvation. That I would realize that the truth is, is that I'm never going to be enough. But he is. And so that's okay. That I am never going to do everything correct, but he does. That I don't always, I'm not always ready to share the gospel. That sometimes it's really hard for me to hold up my shield of faith. That sometimes all I can do is lift up my head and go, that's where my salvation comes from. And that there are days where I don't desire the word of God in my life. 
But if I could pray in the Spirit and ask God, I need help with my broken heart. That's where joy comes from. Joy for me does not come from preaching, should not come from preaching the perfect sermon. Joy for me does not come from having 500 people in a church service. One guy this week said this, he said, most people, uh, most people, what, what did he say? He said, he said most people uh, judge their success by how few of empty seats are in their church, not by the hearts of people who are changed going through. That killed me. That absolutely killed me. Because if we're truly talking about praying in the Spirit, the most important thing is that people understand truth, that they understand righteousness, that they're ready for the gospel, that they can hold up their shields of faith, so that they understand salvation, and that they understand in the word of God and they just repeat it again. And so, man, I've chosen to want to have my joy back. I've chosen to want to get to a point to where, man, prayer is the first thing I do, not the last thing I think about. Because the battle's already won. Christ has already defeated those unseen worlds. The problem is, is that it's not done yet. That we eagerly await the day for the return of Christ. And so... I have to end the sermon in this. Just like Paul asked that you would continually keep on praying for him to share the ministry of the gospel, mystery of the gospel. Man, I, I ask that you would keep me in your prayers every single day, every single moment. In fact, I know that one of the reasons why I'm still doing this is not because I have fortitude and because I'm such an amazing pastor. It's because I've had amazing people pray for me. So, we're gonna spend some time worshiping. We're gonna do one final worship song and then we're gonna spend some time in, in a, uh, a corporate worship or a, a corporate prayer. But let me pray for us as we do. God, I feel like I just said a whole bunch of words. And I hope they made sense. Because God, we want to pray always in every condition. We don't always do that, Lord. And God, would you help us to keep all people in our mind? so that we'll always be alert, so that we'll always be watching out for, so that we'll always be ready for you and where you're leading us. God, we're not perfect, and that's okay, because your Son is, and your Holy Spirit is leading us to that. And so, God, would we pray in the Spirit, and would we be willing to open up our hearts to the Spirit? 
There's so many more things that I wanted to say, Lord, about your spirit. But God, would you allow us just to start with this? God, we want the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead to indwell in our hearts richly. God, would we not ignore it anymore? In your name we pray. Amen. So um, we're going to be closing just a little bit different than we have before. So I'm going to give the band an opportunity to step down if you'd like and and sit down. We're going to do things a little bit different. You don't have to. Um, If you want to strum, you can. It may be five or six minutes that you'll be doing that, and that might be sore. (laughs) And so I'm I'm just letting all of you know now is your chance to escape if you need to. Um, but the, the thought is, is that um, I'm an emotional ball and mess always. And so I, I'm first going to apologize for that. Um, we're just a bunch of imperfect people, right? Like trying, trying to somehow look churchy. <laughs> it's funny when you think about it. We're all broken. And so we've had, we had an amazing week, Seth and I. And what it actually made me realize is that we may not communicate very well in our desire to totally just get out of the way of God working in this ministry. When you have a, a full-time job outside of church, not as a pastor or something like that, you may not think about church as much as I do, but I forget about that. And I just think that everybody thinks about church as much as, as I do, much as Seth and I do. And we spent so much time in prayer and focus in, in how we want everybody that walks in these doors, in our community, in our reach, to totally just get it, right? Like just, man, we... It's our whole life. So today, to kind of make things look a little different, maybe a little weird, but in Acts 2.42, I should have had it ready. But it's it's the first forming of the the Jesus-believing church after he's ascended to heaven. He, he died, he rose again, he appeared to the disciples, and then, and then he, he, he rises, and then in Acts chapter 2, we find the first sermon, we find the first Christian church. And in Acts 2.42, let me get there. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer and to prayer. It is of utmost importance that everybody in here understands what we've been talking about today. Prayer. Prayer is so important. And so here's the thought we had is that that in in Matthew, so before this, when when Jesus is still alive, um, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13 is, is Jesus telling us how to pray. 
And so verses 9 through 13, I didn't have them get them ready for the screen. I just want for a moment that we just, we just listen to how Jesus tells us to pray. It's all, it's all red letters, so this is all Jesus. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's simple, simple. This is what Jesus gave us. So I have, and this has been prepared, so it's not like I'm just jumping out. Actually, these points, um, Pastor Seth prepared for me to share, okay? And so I have a few points here. And this is what I want is, is we're gonna go through the Lord's Prayer, but we're gonna do it together. So in just a minute, I'm gonna ask Tony to turn on the lights in just a second. And, and I'm gonna start us out in prayer. And then I'm gonna give a moment of silence for that, that section in the Lord's Prayer for you. And Seth mentioned a word to corporately pray. And all that means is that we're going to be in this room together and we're just gonna talk to God. It's not gonna be me doing it on your behalf. It's gonna be us working together to pray for the same things but different stuff and all calling on this one huge, mighty God. And, and I'm reminded when we're sitting in this, this auditorium of 14,000 people as Seth is having a hard time worshiping, I'm having a hard time grasping the majesty of God and how with 14,000 people praying, he can somehow focus on all of that. And no, he, he can walk through that auditorium and go, Bob, Susie, Shirley, June, David, and no, every person in that room. So what we're gonna do, what, I, what I'm so excited about is you can stay in your seat, you can stand, you can actually, if you wanted, you could stand up, turn around, get on your knees and like, like, like do a, like a, I don't know, a formal, like on your bed kind of prayer in the seats right here. You can come up to the front right here on, on these steps. You can sit, you could lay down, you can, you can do jumping jacks. You can have your eyes open, you can have your eyes closed. You can look up, you can look down. You could be on the, this side of the room, you can be in the back of the room. You can, you, what I want us to do though is corporately to get together. You can say your prayer out loud, you can say it in your head, our God is amazing and no matter where you're at in this room or anywhere else as we move on from here today, He will hear you and understand you and honestly, He actually knows it before we're even gonna request it. He knew that we were gonna do this before we knew we were gonna do it, it's so crazy. But the awesome thing is, is He is then glorified in that. So, we're gonna start this prayer. And again, you can, be wherever you want to be in here. I just ask that you be with God, with His Spirit. And we have, we have, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven points in the Lord's Prayer that we're gonna pray through. So I'm gonna say it's maybe about six or seven minutes we're gonna have. So I'll pray, and then I'm gonna give us, you know, 30 seconds to a minute to, to, to pray on our own, then I'm gonna pray again, 30 seconds or a minute to pray and pray again, 30 seconds to a minute to, to pray on your own. And we're just gonna do this and you can pray with your family, you can pray again, like I said, anywhere in the room, whatever. And so Tony, I'm gonna ask you to just turn the lights down so we can just focus a little bit more.
You can even turn these down. The focus doesn't need to be on me. And finally, Lord, we just wanna offer up praise one more time. Lord, we wanna praise you for this ministry right here, this safe place to come together and, and in your name, try to grow how you want us to grow. And so, Lord, we want to give you the credit for today. We wanna give you the credit for this community and what has happened in changed hearts and people coming to you and what is going to happen in changed hearts and people coming to you, including people right in this room that are answers to prayer. Lord, you're so amazing and big and huge and your plan is so much more than we could ever understand. Lord, just help us remember how small we are, but in light of that, how loved and significant in your eyes we are. But Lord, the praise belongs to you. We ask all of these things in your heavenly name. We leave them at the most level playing field there is, the foot of the cross, and all God's people said, amen. Have a blessed Sunday.